I'm Evelina Lundqvist. I'm Marlene Lett. This is Love Zero Waste. This interview is part of our Instagram Live series, Three Things I've Learned. And in this series, we talk to experts in the zero waste space about their most important learnings. Guests today are Mecca McDonald and Mia Dunn, co-founders of Mona Gems, based in the US, Brooklyn, New York, to be exact. Mecca McDonald and Mia Dunn are scientists and creatives who recently founded an accessories company. Through a project at the university, the Johns Hopkins University, they recently set out to create a bio-based biodegradable alternative to resin and other similar plastics used in the fashion industry. A few months ago, they launched the first starch-based accessories. Their company is called Mona Gems. That's M-O-N-A after Mother Nature. Would you want to maybe describe uh, the ex- accessories a bit? What are those? What are your products? So right now our products uh, come as earrings. We call them gems. But we offer a variety of shapes and colors. Like the popular simple ones are definitely like the sea foams. They're like a square shape. And then the egg yolks are like round and yellow. And then the popular like fun shapes are so shaped like little oranges and then um we have like cherries and then we also just added a pair of teddy bear earrings to our collection we call them gummies when mecca and i were experimenting it was really important for the look and feel of the bioplastic to feel similar to traditional resin um and so all our material is definitely like shiny and it's like it's sturdy and stable, um, but once it's exposed to the right environment, where it's like high in microorganisms, it will break down in around three weeks. And we've tested this using like a third-party source. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I saw that you did a reel also about the testing, uh, so mm-hmm. you can kind of follow the process. That's really cool. And what does it feel like to wear it? it I mean, it looks awesome. What does it feel like to wear it? Um, it's lightweight. It's just like regular plastic, I would say. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. that's cool. Do you, do you want to share a bit more about the story uh, behind uh, the company? What, what happened before <laughs> or at the beginning when you were about to start it or before you started it? The idea came to me like last year, I think around like maybe end of May, early June. It was like the start of summer. Um, the summer before my senior year of college, I was spending a lot of time on TikTok because, I don't know, it was quarantine, had more free time. And I noticed that there was like a resin trend where people were starting businesses, which is cool. But they were making like the plastic earrings. And I was like, oh my God, that's so bad for the earth. (laughs) Yeah. And I was just wondering, okay, maybe what if I could do something about that? You know, like, what if there's a solution to this problem? And I was like, what if we could just make them biodegradable? And Mm. so I knew Mia through a, a friend. And I reached out to Mia because I really liked Mia's art. 
and I thought she had a really cool art style. Um, but she also was studying chemical engineering at our alma mater. I reached out to her. I told her about the idea, and she was all in. And then we just started working during the summer uh, before senior year. And then we didn't really we didn't get the products we were happy with until I want to say January or February of 2021. Yeah. And do you want to tell us a bit more about how you went about the actual material innovation process? How, how does one do that? I mean, it was kind of simple. Like we went on Google and we Googled how to make bioplastic. <laughs> and because there's like bioplastic isn't new. Like it, it's existed for a while. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the issues that like no, like no one has figured out how to scale bioplastic mm. make it have the appearance of traditional plastic because if you look at the formulas online when you get the end product it's really ugly like it's not something you can like mold or shape easily so then we had mm. to get with that process and like just try different things and figure mm. out what would work for what we wanted yeah and did you have access to like a lab or is this something that you did with what you had like at home or how did you work that out in the beginning um so we started off in our kitchen um and we mainly based it out of our kitchen because of covid and how our campus facilities were all closed mm -hmm. um and we did eventually get access to a lab but we just like Because our process was compatible with the kitchen, we kind of just kept it in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. I think I agree with what with with what Mecca is saying. I will say that there are bioplastic um, companies out there who do sell bioplastic, but their bioplastics don't biodegrade in the sense that we think they would. They have to be like put into industrial compost facilities, and that's why there's like a lot of greenwashing that happens and a lot of like confusion and misunderstanding within the space of like sustainable plastics mm. um and so i think mecca and i are also trying to address that as well through our social media platforms and kind of be like very transparent about the fact that our bioplastic is actually biodegradable in less than a month you know mm. yeah yeah that's amazing okay so let's uh, move to the the learnings uh, that you've Uh, acquired now uh, during the last year or so. The first learning is the importance of failure. Do you want to tell me about this? What is this learning? When we first started working on this, we would get it wrong every time. I don't know what compelled us to just keep trying. We were doing this for hours a day. Like it wasn't, mm. all right, time to do 30 minutes of experimentation. Like, no, we were doing this for hours almost every day during the summer. Um, and I think we kind of just, we just loved, I guess there was just like this feeling of like, I'm almost there, like I can't stop. And I think we were just like, we just have to keep trying things until we get it right. We just have to fail faster because the faster we fail, the quicker we get to where we want to go. Mm -hmm. I think it was just kind of motivating because we would try and then we'd be like ah oh, that's not what we want maybe we just have to change this other thing or maybe we just have to try a different thing failure kind of just inspired us and like motivated us to just keep trying i think we both were like okay failure is not that bad because you know at our university or at most universities i guess like you're kind of punished for failure 
if you fail an exam, like now you're on academic probation and you like you feel you feel shame, you just are scared of being kicked out of college or like your life is ruined because you got an F. You know what I mean? Mm. Failure is actually super important because you get to learn a lot through that. Mm. Even though it might suck in the moment or might be uncomfortable for a lot of us. You do get to learn a lot through that. And I, I wish that, you know, we lived in a society that kind of encouraged you to fail because people are less likely to try new things or they're less likely to go out of their comfort zones because they are afraid. Mm. Yeah. What is your view on this, Mia, on this daring to fail? Yeah, I agree with what Mecca said. I think like, Once you start failing, it also gets easier to fail and accept that, you know, mistakes are natural and they're bound to happen. Mm. Um, so I think, like, that was a big learning curve for us because, like, as Mecca said, you know, in school, you only get, like, one chance to make a certain grade on a midterm or whatever, um, for the most part, unless you, mm. like, retake the course or whatever. I think that was, like, a big learning curve because when we were trying to find this formula it could get discouraging in the beginning but mm -hmm. once we started failing a lot we were just like oh this is not even that discouraging anymore it's like normal so it was mm -hmm. just more motivating because there was like opportunity for learning each mm -hmm. time that we did fail mm -hmm. yes that's really cool i read the other day that one of the main ingredients of creativity is not giving up and i think that you really kind of hit the uh hit the head of the nail Uh, there. It's really cool. You're listening to the Love Zero Waste series, Three Things I've Learned. Guests in this episode are Mecca McDonald and Mia Dunn, co-founders of Mona Gems. Back to the show. The second learning is don't get discouraged by the haters. And I guess that is connected also maybe to failure or not. Do you want to tell me about this one? Okay, keep in mind, our university is super pre-professional. More than 50% of our undergraduate population are pre-medicine. They're studying to become doctors. You know, a lot of people graduate from university, they immediately start working for consulting firms or they are doing research or they go on to get their master's degree straight out of college or some of them even get PhDs and some work for investment banks. A lot of people from our university and get like really prestigious jobs you know a lot of the times when me and i would like work on what we were working on some people would be like what are you guys doing you know what i mean mm. because i don't know just imagine telling someone that you're gonna be bioplastic they're just like what are you talking about like no mm. you're not <laughs> you know because people yeah. They don't think they could do something like that. So they look at you and then they're like, you're not going to do that. Like, who do you think you are, Albert Einstein, you know? And I also mm -hmm. think, like, because we're women, there's, like, a hint of sexism, too. Because I definitely think if a man was like, I'm going to make bioplastic, people would be like, well, like, that's cool. Like, how how did you do that? There are obviously, like, peers who are like, oh, that's so cool that you guys are doing that. And, mm -hmm. you know, we'd be like, oh, yeah, we're going to work in our startup. Some people would be like, oh, that's interesting. Or like, oh, mm -hmm. good luck. You know, just... I, don't know, I definitely think that a lot of times people just, I don't know, if what you're doing is not being validated by some large external institution, then they think what you're doing is not meaningful or real because mm. like already huge corporation or whatever. 
hasn't been like, whoa, like, this is so cool. Like, I'm sure if we got, like, I don't know, at a large investment bank that's really popular, like Sequoia Capital or something to give us money, people would be like, oh, my God, wow, like, congratulations, guys. It's so amazing. There was definitely a lot of haters in the beginning, but we didn't really let them discourage us, I would say. Mm. Yeah. And how do you actually move past that, the fear of them keeping on hating or how do you move past that um i would say you should just stop caring about what people think about you <laughs> like <clears throat> i remember especially in the beginning when we were doing our initial prototypes like none of our trials looked good or remotely close to our final product but mm -hmm. mecca and i were like oh we know what the end product is going to look like and the people around us don't necessarily know um You can't necessarily blame them for, you know, being, I guess, like, skeptical. I think you should just, like, block out the noise. Like, it's just not worth it listening to people that really don't get your, get your vision, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Mm, that's good. Yeah. And so the third learning is pursue your passions. How, how did you come about this learning? Should I go first or do you want to go first, Mia? Yeah, you can go first. <clears throat> um, well, I definitely think Mia and I, you know, like we're like really creative, and Hopkins is a very STEM-based university, so there weren't that many creative opportunities there. But I think when you're a creative person and when you're passionate, like it still comes out you can't really like hide it you know what i mean it just shows up in like different ways because we went to hopkins we were able to see the world differently and also i think part of the reason why we created mono is because we realized we could use our creativity for something like this you know and i mean it definitely also required passion to do what we did in the beginning like there was no external reward every single time we experimented and failed there was no one clapping like congratulations guys like that was good like try again tomorrow you know what i mean so like mm. I think we were fueled by sheer passion when we started mono and you know just like imagining like what could be possible if we like accomplished what we wanted to accomplish mm. yeah that's really inspiring to hear so drawing from all these learnings uh, the importance of failure to not get discouraged by the haters and pursue your passion what would be kind of your number one advice to maybe another scientist or designer creator creatives um, that are starting to work on their first zero waste related project I guess mine would be just think about your intentions and let your intentions motivate you. Because if you don't have genuine intentions, I don't think it's going to work out for you the way you want it mm. to. I would say something similar. It's like if you have the drive for what you're doing then and the passion, then like good things will come. Like I don't necessarily think like, locking yourself into something that you're not super passionate about is the right thing to do just because you know it won't work out at the end mm -hmm. but as long as there's like passion and like there's drive behind what you're doing i think that there will be success <laughs> so yeah mm, nice. that's super encouraging yeah i wish you all the best 
I love seeing your reels. Uh, I hope that you sell <laughs> to customers all over the world. I think also that you have a GoFundMe campaign run up and running at the moment. What are you uh, intending to fund with the GoFundMe campaign? It's for our scale up of production. So right now I'm making everything from my kitchen. So like all of our products are handmade from my kitchen. Um, and we're hoping to um, scale up our manufacturing process so that we don't have to spend as much time manufacturing ourselves. That's cool. So I want to encourage all of you watching this and all of our listeners uh, to uh, go to Mona Gems profile on Instagram and then click further to the GoFundMe campaign and support their work. Thank you so much for taking the time uh, to join in this Instagram live today. Um, a fan request. I can't wait to see a pineapple <laughs> earring. That's, that's nice. Yeah, your stuff looks mm -hmm. really amazing. So thank you so much, uh, Mecca McDonald and Mia Dunn, the co-founders of Mona Gems. Go check out their Instagram profile. And thank you again so much for joining today. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank, thank you. you for having us. Have a lovely day. You Bye. too. Bye. For our guests' website and social media handles, sources and other interesting links, please check the show notes. Our jingle is made by Michelle Steinkellner of Merlin Sound. Love Zero Waste is a collaboration between Circulus and The Good Tribe. Visit our website lovezerowaste.biz and lovezerowaste on Instagram. We'd love to connect with you. I'm Evelina Lundqvist. I'm Molly Lett. This is Love Zero Waste.